Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We're thrilled that you're here today as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, on today's podcast, I have with me my friend Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. Good to be back. Hey, Chris. We are talking about a big, powerful word. Actually, it's a small, powerful word. It's no. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've talked about saying no just in general about the importance and power that can have in our lives and really the importance of protecting ourselves, long-term ministry, and the kind of list goes on there. Uh, but then last week, we talked about saying no to the parents that are connected with our student ministry. And today, well, we want to say no again. Um, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our podcast partner. They're all about saying yes to your students. So we want to encourage you uh, to check out cbc.edu. That's Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. Annually, they host our um, BMA of Arkansas meeting. That may change in the years to come. I know that there's some that want to move it to other places in the state, but I just love CBC and I love being on the campus. Uh, we'll enjoy that. And so uh, we're recording right before our state meeting. I have to give a report. I believe that our guest is actually going to be sharing the annual message unless he has found a way to get out of it. <laughs> and so we're thrilled to have a Dr. Cliff Johnson on our podcast today. Uh, Cliff is Chris's pastor. And so they're sitting in the same room, going to be sharing some things. Um, they work together every day. And so we're thrilled to have Cliff on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Cliff. Hey, guys. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Cliff serves in a lot of roles, um, but I think probably the most important is that local church role of being pastor. Um, and so we wanted to talk about this big idea of saying no to your pastor. And that can be challenging. It can be all sorts of, uh, well, exciting is not the right word. <laughs> we, it could be uh, anxiety-filled. Let's put it that way. But there are times. So we want to talk about that today and get Cliff to, to chime in on that and answer some other questions about that. Um, so, Cliff, uh, you've been on the podcast before. We've talked a little bit, but how long have you been in ministry now? Uh, oh, I've been in ministry, uh, formal ministry, uh, about 24 years, I think. Uh, probably 19, either 98 or 99 is whenever I got started in it. So, yeah, a little over 20 years. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's sometimes difficult. I always gauge, okay, when did I surrender to the ministry? Mm -hmm. When was my first position or what started on that path? And it all kind of blurs together after right. a while. Now I'm at the place, it's just 30 plus, you know, it's yeah. just a long time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. well, you know that this is a podcast for the full-time, part-time, bivocational uh, student ministry worker. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we've asked this question before. Have you served as a youth pastor before? Yeah, in fact, that's that's where I that's where I got my start. Uh, it actually started at 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 Temple in Little Rock 
kind of informally when we were in between uh, youth pastors and me and a group of guys, uh, college guys kind of filled in some spots uh, there for a little while. And then uh, my first official position was at First Baptist Church in Perryville, Arkansas. Uh, I followed the uh, infamous Cody Calhoun uh, at First Baptist there as youth pastor. So, yeah, uh, I was there for three years, I think. Three years. Did you leave there and then start as a senior pastor or a lead pastor? No, uh, I left there and went to seminary. Okay. And after seminary... Um, I, this, that's whenever I'm, I came to Hope, and I was in that second chair position in Hope. I was associate pastor for a couple of years uh, here as well. Great. Also got to try your hand at a little bit of administrative work at the school, right? Yeah. Whenever I first came here, uh, I was the I was the principal. Uh, the school was tons smaller than what it is now, uh, and so there wasn't near as much administ- administration stuff going on uh, as it requires now. But yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Paddle. I never, well, no, there was a paddle in the room. I never used it. It was an intimidation factor yeah. type thing. Yeah. Use your belt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, back in the day when I was in elementary school, I remember the paddles took all sorts of forms. They had, some of them had holes drilled in them. I mean, they were the board of education. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, that was, that was the, the old days of corporal punishment, but Anyway, um, today we want to say, what does it mean to say no to the lead pastor? And so you've served in that second chair role. You have been involved with that before, Cliff. And so, Chris, why don't you share some of the questions we've been thinking about? Sure. Uh, Well, one of the first questions I have is, you know, you just shared about um, uh, being in the second chair and Perryville, and then here, can you ever remember a time when you needed to say no to uh, the pastor over you? And I know that's kind of a tough one because it it kind of crosses a lot of different contexts, but is there anything that stands out? I can't can't ever remember a time to where I was asked to do something directly and me saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think we'll get into this a little bit, a little bit more, but I've been fortunate enough to in my positions to where the hierarchy of authority uh, was there, but the functional aspect of it was more collaborative. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't you do this or else I'm the authority. Uh, it was, Hey, what do you guys think about targeting or going about something in this way? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of how that's when I think, I mean, that was so long ago, it is hard for me to remember, but that's, that's what I do remember is that there was collaboration more than there was direct orders to do something. No, that's good. You know, when you, so with that, when you think about your role now, Mm -hmm. I mean, cause you've been a senior pastor for 18 years, Mm -hmm. right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, I think I already know the answer to this, but how, how do you view uh, your role as senior pastor in regards to the vision of the church, but also in leading other pastors in the church? Yeah. So I view my role as the one responsible for uh, setting, setting the pace, setting the vision. What is the church? Why are we here? 
what are we supposed to be accomplishing uh, in terms of you know that as well? I think my responsibility is to be able to see who we have in the church and the giftings that are within the church, and then to craft and to direct ministries along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so me saying that I'm responsible for it, though, doesn't mean that I'm the only one that gets to speak into it. I just think that I'm the, the, that at the end of the day, that responsibility falls to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to hear not just from other pastors, but I want to hear from other people in the church as well as to as to as to what they think, uh, as to what they're seeing in the different ministries that are going on, and so I want to take all of that into mind, mm-hmm. and then I want to bring it to you. I want us to sit down and talk, you know, with with Jack, uh, our, our music person, uh, and other key leaders in our church, uh, and so it it is very much a uh, an elder type situation, uh, but as the senior pastor, I'm. In, in the setup that we have, I, I view myself as the one responsible for it. Mm-hmm. What was the second part of that question? That was just the vision part. What was the... Yeah. So, I mean, and how that relates to you, I think you answered it, but how it relates to, to you um, leading and managing, yeah. if you will, other pastors on staff. Well, I think in leading other pastors, it's in that collaboration. Here's, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I see. Uh, here's what I see as weaknesses within the church. Here's what I see as strengths. How do we fix the weaknesses? How do we, uh, uh, you know, uh, leverage our strengths? I think, and and so to get your input on that, to get Jack's input on that, uh, I even go so far as to to ask our personnel committee, because oftentimes with our with our personnel committee, um, they hear from the membership more than we do. Mm-hmm just in casual conversations and different things like that. They're the ones that are in the Sunday school classes, in the life groups, when we're not around, when people might feel more comfortable uh, talking about what's going on. And so I lean, I lean on their input as well uh, in, in, in gaining that information and how we are to move forward as a church. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think the other part is in that, in the leadership and, and working with staff, is to make sure that we don't get outside the vision mm-hmm. with unnecessary things that don't fit mm-hmm. uh, who we are as a church. Yeah. So. Yeah. So in in the last couple of weeks, as we've talked about saying no, what you just said has has come up a couple of times because it's and it's it's probably because you're the one who taught me this, but the way that I think about saying no goes back to a a vision. Um, the vision of the church, but also the values of the church. Mm-hmm. So in other words, um, if it doesn't fit, mm-hmm. you know, if, if something's being asked of me mm-hmm. or of us that doesn't fit within our vision as a church and the values that we as a church have, right. that becomes an easy no. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, in other words, it gives us a reason. But do you think in those lines as well? I try to. I catch myself moving outside that sometimes when something is easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I do have to remind myself, no, this is, this is the makeup of who we are. Uh, and this is going to get us off track. This is going to get us distracted type of things. And so, yeah, I, I would like to think that I'm always on those train tracks, but I'm absolutely not always on those train tracks. <laughs> I understand. Cause I feel, I feel like sometimes I'd, I am on those train tracks and then you tell me, no, you're not. <laughs> so. <laughs> and so that's, 
that's uh, so that's that's the pastor telling the, yeah. the second chair no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not this conversation. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Yeah. So no, but that does bring into you know a, a bring us into another question, I think, and just how um, you know the relationship that you have with the other pastors, myself in this situation, right. and then of course we have our music pastor Jack. But your relationship with us, our your our friendship, how does that affect um, you know, I guess what you ask of me, what mm-hmm. you expect of me, and, mm-hmm. and how we go about that collaborative relationship? Yeah, so I think I think just even bringing this topic up, how to say no to your senior pastor, is awfully dangerous. That's why I'm doing it on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in the public forum, yeah. <laughs> But I, I think it's so needed, and I, I, I want to commend you guys for being being willing to even broach the subject because I think it makes a lot of whatever you call the head pastor, senior pastor, executive, whatever it is, whoever it is, it forces them to to think about. I mean, this very thing, and are you a person that can be that someone can say no to, and how do you view your your position uh, from from the sense of the attitude? that you take. And so I think this is a great topic and I think it causes senior pastors. It should cause them to think, am I approachable? Am I, am I looking out for the best interest of my staff and for the church and not just myself? And so I think all of those things are, are uh, the, the senior pastor have have to reflect on. So in terms of relationship, what I think is important, I think this is absolutely crucial to uh, another staff person being able to say no to in the hierarchical structure, the one that's above them. I think there has to be friendship. I think there has to be developed relationship uh, from, from both sides. So how that would affect, you know, our relationship is I need to know what's going on in your family. I need to I need to know about your family. I need to know what age your kids are and just uh, what life was like whenever I had kids that age mm-hmm. and the time demands and just the different uh, struggles and just what life was like in that time. Uh, and and the other thing, like what's unique, maybe it's not unique about our situation, but uh, as far as the church, you're you're part time. Jack is part time, and so I've got to keep that in mind as well. As far as the time, what I'm re- what I'm asking of in terms of time, uh, and so I think the the friendship is a fundamental thing that has to be pursued uh, by the senior pastor. I think it, I think it has to be pursued by the senior pastor uh, in order to get into your life, so that. Whenever I do ask you something, uh, whenever I ask you to do something, I am aware of what's going on with you personally. I am aware of what's going on with you in terms of your family and the rhythms that your family keeps. Mm -hmm. And so when I come and ask you something that maybe is, maybe it's not a part of the job description. That's just, you know, yes, this is obvious. You need to do this. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of all the other factors going on and I can come to you and I can say either, Hey, I know you've got this, this, and this is going on, but this is what I'm asking you to do is, is priority, uh, after these other things. 
And where I think the reciprocal relationship comes in is, you know me mm-hmm. and you know my family rhythms and you know my family structure and you know what's going on in the church family that I may be dealing with mm-hmm. that I need to push something off my plate mm-hmm. onto your plate. That's an immediate, it just needs to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that we have is that I can I can come to Chris and I can say, hey, I need you to do this. And if I use those words, I need you to do this, uh, it's going to have to be something pretty significant going on in, in your uh, area for you to say no. Mm-hmm. Because you know that I'm not just going to say, hey, I don't want to do this, uh, and I've got all the time in the world to do it. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't that doesn't happen without relationship. That doesn't happen without trust. If that relationship is not there, uh, and I come and say I need you to do this, I think that's where tension in staff relationships develops, mm-hmm. because you don't know if you can say no to me or not without risk of something happening as far as status in the in the authority's eyes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think the relationship is is the key element mm-hmm. in this thing. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, and, and none of that happens, relationship, friendship, trust, all that. None of that, none of that happens without time spent. Right. Right. And so that goes back to something else, you know, that Dan and I've talked about a lot in uh, just in the course of this podcast is the importance of, if you can, be in one spot for mm-hmm. a length of time, mm-hmm. you know, just, I mean, so in other words, I would say, you know, you and I, well, obviously we know each other a lot better now mm-hmm. than we did the first two years of ministry. Sure. And, um, and, uh, and that's just important to, to remember um, that it takes time to yeah. build, to build that trust and to build um, that type of, of rapport. Well, you know, I don't want to go rogue too far on some of these questions, but I'm curious because, you know, we've got people that listen to this, that, that haven't known each other like you and I have for right. almost a decade, haven't mm-hmm. served alongside each other for almost a decade. And, and, and maybe they're, they're new in ministry. They're in a new position. It's maybe their first position. And, um, and they're trying to get to know their senior pastor, mm-hmm. the, the pastor that's over them that's been there for a length of time. Uh, do you have any just quick suggestions in terms of how to go about doing that? Yeah. Uh, so I think even before, you know, the process can begin even before you take a job. Like if you're being interviewed or you're interested in a particular, you know, job uh, that has a senior pastor in it, I would I would ask for time to talk to if there's other staff members, talk to other staff members on that on that staff and just just see what the dynamic of the relationship is. And even maybe all the staff people just to kind of see what the dynamic is. Mm-hmm. If you're the only staff member or the first one being brought on, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but I would, I would ask questions like I would, I would try to find out what their interests are. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that you have to have the same interest in them. You and I have different interests, you know, uh, but that's just the way you get to know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also find out uh, what books they're reading mm-hmm. and, and try to read the same books, uh, not all the same books, but just, just be in the same vein of ministry relatedness. Yeah. Some of the, the books that you read have really big words. <laughs> yeah. I just skip over those. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just, I learn how to pronounce them and I'll throw them out in conversations every now and yeah. then. I have no idea what they mean. Okay. But All I'm right. just, you know. Sorry, I interrupted your thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
you you bifurcated my thought right there. So now I've got two different things going. Yeah, great. So I skipped over that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think you just you you want to get to know your pastor, mm-hmm. uh, and so I would I would make those you know try to find out what they're reading and ask them about that stuff that they're reading. What yeah. did you think about this? I found this interesting. I, I didn't quite understand this or I don't agree with this. Help mm-hmm. me understand this type of thing. Yeah. I think those are the types of things that cultivate a ministry relationship. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. You know, talking about the, you know, some of this starts before you ever even get hired or brought on to in a position at the church. You know, I remember, I, I still remember one of the first conversations you and I had um, and it was, it wasn't even really formal. It was more informal, but we, we got right to kind of philosophy of ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sat down and we, we just, we talked about um, just what, what your ideas were in terms of uh, the church and, and where you saw the church going and, and just how you thought about doing ministry. And, and we, we keep talking about that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, but, and I, and I think you and I would both agree that, philosophically we're on the same page mm-hmm. and I think that's important. That was mm-hmm. important before, you know, we ever started working together. Right. Um, so there's that, but then there's also kind of what you're saying, a difference in personal preference. Yeah. And so you, you probably see some things and have seen some things that, that I've done over the years that you don't necessarily prefer. In other words, if you were to do it, maybe you would do it differently. Right. And, and so our preferences and how we go about certain things right. would differ a little bit. Um, and, and you've always been very gracious to me and, and I try to ask questions like that mm-hmm. sort of thing, mm-hmm. but does that affect saying yes, saying no, when it comes to, yeah. you know, those, making those distinctions philosophically versus what's, what we preferred our preferences? Yeah. I, so I think this is, this is the, the next probably most important thing, uh, after the, after the relationship aspect is to be on the same page philosophically. If we're on the same page philosophically, if we're on, if we have the same understanding of uh, what the Word of God is mm-hmm. and uh, how the church is supposed to function, I can differ on the preference. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't have to have the same preferences, but if we have different philosophies, mm-hmm. then it may like if you and I have different philosophies, it makes it much harder for you mm-hmm. uh, to follow and to be on board because those philosophies are taking us two different directions. Yeah. Uh, and so I think the, the the philosophy aspect is more important than the preference. Mm-hmm. So just for an easy uh, illustration, or like with with uh, Big Jack, Jack Daniels, he may choose a song that's not my preference. I don't like the tempo of it. I don't like the style of it. But our philosophy on worship is the same. And so that's just a matter of me to be able to say, hey, this song is scriptural mm-hmm. and uh, it's singable. Mm-hmm. I may not like it. But it fits within our philosophy, so yeah. my preference doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, it fits within the philosophy. If it was, if it was uh, just a little skewed scripturally, uh, if it was unsingable, well, now we have a philosophical uh, difference that I would have to address. Yeah, uh, so that we could be on the same page moving yeah. forward. So I think philosophy is. Just the the idea of what ministry is for and what our roles are supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. If if we're not on the same page there, then I think that person in the in the assistant associate position is is in trouble. Yeah, is in trouble. Yeah, because your understanding, and I think it's a right one, is that um, 
when you say get on the same page, it, it's not to say that you're the the final authority, right? Uh, in all things, I mean, you submit to the Word of God, and and you use the word scriptural and being biblical, and and hopefully every senior pastor is is doing that and living and leading based off their convictions of of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is a philosophical difference, getting on the same page means for that guy in the second chair to get on the same page with the senior pastor. Yeah, I I think that's how we initially think of it, uh, and I think this is where the relationship can be a can be an aid. Yeah. Because you can come to me and ask, "Hey, why do we do that? Why why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. What's the reasoning behind this?" And you know, I'm not going to feel well initially I may be, but <laughs> I'm not going to feel threatened. Yeah. by that. Like you're like you're second guessing me. Yeah. I'm I understand that you really want to know what's behind this mm-hmm. and that you can challenge me in, okay, I, I, I understand that. Or maybe I don't understand that, but how does that fit in with the overall yeah. of what we're trying to do? And yeah. so if that relationship is not there, then that becomes, that becomes an attack. Mm-hmm. That becomes, you're not doing it the way I want it to be done. That becomes, uh, I think I can do this better than you mm-hmm. type of situation. If the relationship is not there. Yeah. So once again, that relationship, that foundational layer sets the stage for being able to have philosophical discussions uh, to where maybe you're sharpening me. Sure. And so it, and so yes, in the, in the structure it is, once again, I'm the one responsible. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I can't be challenged and changed. Uh, and that, it, and it just makes it so much easier if the relationship is there. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say a quick word, like I think, and this is, this almost should be, this should go without being said. But I think one thing that we learned within our culture today is that things need to be said is that there's a, there's a, a proper way for me to uh, question mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. in that. In other words, me doing it in the middle of whatever it is in, in public view oh, yeah. is not the right time. Not the right time. You know, maybe, maybe it means knocking on your door on a Monday when things are not really amped up yet in the week or just scheduling a time to meet. Right. You know, in other words, there's a proper way of not challenging, but a proper way of asking those questions right. that would come across as, um, well, not threatening, right? you yeah. know, and would yeah. be, be for the mutual benefit of, yeah. of us, but also for the, for the church. Yeah. You know, I, you know, one thing that just kind of pops in my brain in this difference between philosophy and preference is, um, is that, you know, from a, from a, senior pastor, youth pastor relationship, what oftentimes we see philosophically different is the approach to how we do ministry. So for instance, you know, a lot of times there's a, what, I, what I've always called, considered a 90s, early 2000s approach to doing youth ministry, which mm-hmm. would, was very event driven, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes a senior pastor and even a church has that expectation yes. for a youth pastor. Yes. Hey, we expect you to do events. <clears throat> we expect you to draw crowds. We expect this. And the whole kind of- job description is is pragmatic. It's based yes. on that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and I think sometimes from a youth pastor perspective, especially um, the the new generation of youth pastors that are coming in, mm-hmm. is there's not that same 
philosophical approach to ministry. Yeah. Uh, in other words, there's, there's, I, I feel like there's a lot more uh, depth yeah. uh, in, in terms of wanting to study the Bible, wanting to preach and teach the Bible. And it's, it's a move away from an event driven yeah. youth ministry. And so those, those two ideas, those two philosophies clash. Yeah. And would you agree <clears throat> that it's important to, to deal with that, prior to ever start working together or is that something that can be overcome? Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I think, I think uh, so obviously if you can deal with it before, that's obviously the better thing. And I, I want to be clear. I don't think, I think the, the, the desire is the same and it's to reach people. Yeah. It's to reach people. And so I, I think the desire is the same. It comes down to how are we instructed in God's word mm -hmm. to reach people. Yeah. And what's the vehicle that we want to, you know, what's the scriptural vehicle that we, that, are, that we're supposed to employ mm -hmm. in that. Uh, and it's not only it's so it not only becomes the pastor's philosophy and the student pastor's philosophy, but you're like in your, in, in one of your positions of student ministry, it has to become parents philosophy. And those are oftentimes in conflict mm -hmm. where the parents want the big events, they want the, uh, they want the big bang mm -hmm. type of stuff. Yeah. And so that becomes a, uh, not a chore, but it becomes a task of both the pastor and the one over the student, uh, ministry to help guide the parents into, no, 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 no. You're the real youth ministers. Mm -hmm. We're here to resource you. We're here to come alongside you, all that different type of stuff. Yeah. And so I do think that if that can initially be, if that, if that conversation can happen, what does discipleship look like mm -hmm. and how do we, and, and there's nothing wrong with the events, but those can't be the central thing. Mm -hmm. At least when, in our philosophy, events are not the central thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we do events. Sure. You know, and so just what role do they play in the overall ministry of, of student life? Yeah. Uh, if it, if it, and here's what, here's what I think happens. Um, or here, here, at least here's what happened in, in my ministry is it went from big event to a more discipleship focus. So the shift happened mid ministry yeah. with me. Mm. Uh, and I think that happens with everybody. Every minister is, is always getting better. Mm. Hopefully they're getting better. Uh, and that, that is, and so there's some paradigm shifts there. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to come to the to the senior pastor and say, Here what, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think about that? Yeah. And so uh, I think those are all those are conversations that most pastors are willing to have, think through, and help guide uh, their staff through. Yeah. I would hope that they are. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. You know, one paradigm shift that I'm foreseeing is <clears throat> I think we can reach people much better if we form a pickleball team. Oh my gosh. For the church. Um, I won't let you say no yet, but just be thinking about that. So Dan, you haven't said anything in a while. Is there anything that you want to, you want to say before Cliff tells me no? Well, yeah, I, I might be saying no for Cliff on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, I've loved this conversation today. We've been talking about navigating the no with your senior pastor and this idea of relationship, talking about, um, philosophy, uh, Cliff, there's, I know that there are some times when there's a definitely, we need to speak up and say no, 
Mm-hmm. And so more like railroad tracks that we're going to say, okay, that we're not going to get off of this. So could you maybe help our listeners, you know, uh, think about that? When are some specific times that they would say, hey, no to their pastor? So you're talking about, okay, so you're talking about student ministry associate pastors saying no to their pastor. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I think specific times is... Uh, when it doesn't, when it doesn't pertain, when it falls outside the scope of their uh, major responsibilities, so I mean, Chris has told me no before. It didn't have anything to do with student ministry, family ministry. It had something to do with my ministry uh, that is kind of tangent to the church. It was outside the church's scope of responsibility. As well, I asked him, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And he just said, no, I wouldn't be interested in doing that. I wouldn't be interested in doing that right now. Uh, I was like, okay. you know." Uh, and so I, I also think that there's a difference between no and not right now. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 and I mean, this is so, this is such a tender issue here. It's mm-hmm. such a touchy thing that I, I, I feel, uh, I feel the burden for associate pastors, youth pastors, uh, to the weight of this, you know, cause they don't want to, nobody wants to let anybody down. Mm-hmm. And when you tell your senior pastor, no, it's not just that you feel like you're letting your senior pastor down. You feel like you're letting your church down. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it may be that you're actually helping the church stay healthy. Mm-hmm. If you're healthy, the church is healthier. Uh, if, if, if we're not chasing so many rabbits, the church stays stronger and healthier. And so to, to answer your question specifically, Dan, I think the, the easier times to say no, to say not right now, or no, I don't think I can, I can accomplish that would be when, when what's being asked is outside of what your initial job description is. Uh, but that's, I also think that if every time you're being asked to do something that's outside your initial job description and you say no, I think then at that point, I mean, if you're doing that every time or the majority of the time, then I begin to question, are you a team player or are you just, are you just zeroed in on this one little area of the kingdom? And so I think that's, there has to be some thought put into that. Um, So yeah, that's a tough one. It is. Hey, and I'll just say, because the instance that he just brought up, uh, we don't have to go into the details of it, but I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> it's kind of strange that he brought it up because because it's, it's one that I was actually thinking about bringing up in this conversation as just an example. But I, I'll just say this. I remember him asking me to, to do this particular something. And <clears throat> and and I knew that that not that I needed, but I, that I wanted to say no to that. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do what he was asking me to do at that particular time. But I remember how difficult it was for me to actually <laughs> say no. Yeah. Like, I think you text me that. Yeah. And then I was texting back and it was one of those where I was like, I text, I probably start, I probably typed seven different texts <laughs> just to figure out how, to, how do I need to say no to this? Yeah. You know, because, and it wasn't, yeah. Yeah. you know, but I say that just as a, as a show of what he just said, that there is a weight yeah. You know, in other words, there's, there's a, like, I felt the pressure, not that we were going to not be friends, but, but that, okay, what, 
what is this like when I say no, how mm-hmm. are you going to receive that? Mm-hmm. How are you going to think of me yeah. and think of my, you know, is it, and, and here's, this is just part of me and Cliff knowing each other as well. One thing that Cliff is, has always been good about is he doesn't tell me like in that instance, he didn't tell me, Hey, I need you to do this because it wasn't in the scope of the church. Right. Um, but if he were to say something in, in the scope of the church, it would have been a completely different scenario. And he's trained me that way. And there's been times throughout, especially even early on, there's been times where he would bring opportunity to me. And that and that's really what that was. Yeah. Um, it was it wasn't something that you absolutely needed me to do. Right. Uh, I know it would have been helpful for you. And for that reason, I wanted to be I wanted to help you. But I just knew I wasn't in a spot where I needed to say yes to that. But Cliff gives me opportunity. And, and like what he just said, there's, there's opportunities that I've turned down. Um, but there's opportunities that I've said yes to, and Mm -hmm. I've been thankful for. And part of my thought process is what is Cliff, what is, is Cliff trying to teach me something in this? I I really do think that way. And I don't know if he ever thinks that way, but I know that there's the opportunities that he's given me in the past have been opportunities to, to stretch me and to grow me, uh, in particular areas. And I think he has done that intentionally um, because he's he's intentional in that way. But like he said, if I if I just keep shooting him down, if I just say no, 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 well, eventually those opportunities are going to stop. Eventually, that will cause a, a a little bit of a break in mm-hmm. our in our relationship, our working relationship. So, um, but I just I want to just emphasize like that wasn't a no, an easy no. You well, know, it was it was difficult. You know, I I think once again it goes back to relationship, and I know that. One of the things that you've been you've been heavy on uh, lately over the last probably two or three four years is uh, really focusing your life, really focusing uh, what it is you do and how it is you do it. And so I I knew that whenever you said no to that, and and what what was it was actually kind of shocking to me, not because he said no to me, but because what I asked him to do was kind of in his lane. Mm, Uh, in terms of subject matter, but I also knew that he was trying to uh, streamline is not the word, but to, but to really focus, to really focus your, your energy and time spent. And so I knew whenever he said no to that, that, okay, he's, his, his plate is full on what he needs to be doing. And this fell outside the scope of that, uh, and so that's why I was like, yeah. okay, no big deal. But it was also like a, one of those benchmarks in the gym, honestly. It was like, it was kind of like, I remember, because again, you, you know, you use the word weight. It's kind of like when you get up underneath a squat, you're like, man, I've never done this weight before. Oh, yeah. And, and you go down and you do it. Like, yeah. and, and so when you come back up from that, you realize, okay, I, I can I can say no. I, right. I, yeah. you know, and so it didn't give me a sense of pride, but it, it, was, it really was a benchmark to, for me personally of saying, that's something that I could have easily said yes to. I could have just played the game. Yeah. And, 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 but personally it would have been, I don't think I would have been able to produce the content that was needed. Right. For that right. particular task in that moment. And, and so it was a, it was a personal win, uh, but it was, it was just one of those, it was one of those times. And so, um, but if you're a guy out there and, and you are, um, you know, if you resonate with this, you feel the weight of saying saying no, um, then you're not alone. You're not alone in that yeah. at all. And and that that weight continues even even when 
the relationship is good. Because I, I think one of the things that we both know is that we don't want to let each other down. We mm-hmm. don't. We, we want to help each other, and that's always kind of default position that we're we're in. Um, but you know, we could talk a long time about this. Uh, probably one of the the last questions that I have on my mind is just, you know, helpful resources. Um, are there are there any? Uh, and I, I know you could probably give a long list, but are there are there is there a book? Are there people? that you like to listen to or read mm-hmm. when it comes to this particular subject matter. Yeah. So I'd, I'll give you three resources. Uh, one is Boundaries. I can't think of who wrote it. Do you know, Dan? It's Do you know Henry, who wrote that book? Henry Cloud. Uh, Henry Cloud, maybe? Henry Cloud, that's right. Yeah. Boundaries. Uh, and this may be Henry Cloud as well. When People Are Big and God is Small. That's uh, Ed Welch. Welch. Uh, and then also... Uh, I would recommend for, so yeah, Humility by C.J. Mahaney, mm-hmm. or also uh, Andrew Murray, I think one has one called Humility as well. Uh, I, think that's a, I think that's a good book. Um, so yeah, those are the resources. Boundaries helps you set boundaries, helps yeah. you say no. Yeah. Uh, when people are big and God is small is just a almost a worldview type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then Humility, I think we all need to be reading about humility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you being with us today, Cliff, as we've talked about this, because it's not an easy subject, but it's one that we have to consider, sure. you know, in addition to the the re- relationship and the respect and, and the philosophies, you know, there are, of course, the obvious things that we haven't even talked about. You know, if the pastor asks you to do something that's unethical, mm. unbiblical, uh, that is going to be harmful to you or to your family, always say no to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but, and again, we goes without saying, but I wanted to say them because that's important to remember. Um, be ready to, to say no when it's, when it's appropriate. Um, you know, the, the subject of no is difficult. Whether you're saying that to help protect your ministry, whether you are saying that to, to a group of parents, to your deacons, to the elders, to the leaders, uh, there are some times to do that, and hopefully you'll be able to navigate those situations a little bit better because of what we've talked about on this episode as well as the previous two. One, uh, previous two. And so, um, again, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for being a part of the conversation as we talk about student ministry. And we'll keep plugging away. We'll keep loving on students and saying no when we have to because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.